Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Okay, Caroline! Oh, hey girl! What's up? Oh, uh, you know, just live our best life. Living your best life. That's what I do. Um, so, has anything good happened for you this week? Well, I didn't have to run my sprinklers because it rained. Uh, I mean, I just <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> just fell asleep. I mean, has anything good That's happened? That's how exciting my day. Did you take a trip to Blacksville at all this week? Uh, a few times. No, <laughs> actually, I didn't. It's very upsetting. Oh, it's very upsetting. You're gonna need a new. Um... I might. I might have to just go like you know, tomorrow or this weekend. I don't know. You okay. never know. Okay. It's best when it's just you know unexpected and surprising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for you got to anticipate it a little bit. You got to go like. What if you no. got to go trim your hedges? Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. True story. True okay. story. Well, what about you? What are you doing? What are you watching? What's happening? So All the things. Really excited about an episode we're going to record here real soon. I'm going to record a quickie, and that's oh. just going to be, yeah, that's what we're going to call it. And it's just a little short episode. It's like a teaser. In between our long episodes. I love that idea. Should we release it at noon and call it a nooner? Oh, even better. You're... I'm so glad you're doing this. Let's take a shot. Okay. It's happy hour, Oh, y'all. yeah. What are you drinking? What are you... Well, you know, it's called Fireball, <laughs> but I don't want to tell it too much because they didn't pay us no money. Oh, so you're right. Too you're much. right. We don't want to give them too much. Fireball, where you at? Where you at? Who... Uh or yeah, I mean I heard that. Mm. I have a deep throat. <laughs> oh, well, this that's... is the ratchet version, by the way. <laughs> so I am excited about my quickie. I am too. And but I don't even want to tell you any hints, so you'll know here real soon if you keep listening. Um, but nothing else really good. I have a graduation this weekend. My nephew, who I raised these last two years after my brother passed away is graduating say yay wow yay from where's conley high school wow and here in waco and he's so okay tstc which you will hear about or you've heard about on our kenneth mcduff podcast that's all i got my life's kind of boring okay well this coming weekend i have my family reunion i knew you were black I'm telling you, only black people have family reunions. Okay, well, let me just tell you a little bit about the Wolf family reunion. It is not only... Can you tell them where you're from? I don't think they know you. Um, West Coma, Texas. That is not... The hay, not, not the tumbleweeds. No, that's the why there's a comma. It's kolaches, not tumbleweeds. Kolaches and... 
I basically have been drinking beer and whiskey since zero, zero years old. Right out the teat and the bottle, probably. So, yeah, we're just, um, it's a tiny small town, and we go to burn it down the road in Austin, like towards Austin, and it's like a, I mean, actually, my they're already there now. Like, they're already going there now. Oh, they go they're already there. drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It's just giant. It's giant. I don't even, I think I'm still meeting cousins. Oh. I definitely don't know half the people that are going to be there because all these people are having kids and getting married. I don't. Well, don't be and swiping plus, right at your family reunion because you might just meet up with. I, I gotta a turn buddy. off. I gotta turn off my bumble and my everything. I gotta <laughs> turn it off. Accidentally meeting up with some cousins. Oh, Lord. Oh my goodness. It will be bad. Yeah. So when you were married to Ted Bundy, was he allowed to go to this? He did go one year. One. And some of my cousins really loved him. I mean, he was like. I mean, because he was good. That's because that's before anything ever happened. Yeah. But he's good at convincing people. That's why yes, we call him Ted Bundy. Yes, that's why he's conman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, he did. That's actually how it all started. What if he shows up because he didn't somebody else? pay for the ice? <laughs> oh, yeah. <That's laughs> I'm sure you've heard oh, all about that. When you lie ice. about some ice, you're going to lie When you lie, lie about, about paying for ice, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not a good thing that's not a good sign of course i'm like oh did you pay for the ice huh? why would not he pay for the ice blah, blah, blah. like why would yeah. he not that's stupid mm. yeah no no yep. well, live known. and learn i know caroline will never trust anybody ever again so it's basically that's basically what it boils down to can and let me just tell you i asked what you were watching and i know that because i wanted to talk about what i'm oh, watching shit. i didn't even answer that i know but that's what did okay I, say? I don't know you... wait but i need to tell you okay tell me i'm obsessed with blacklist right now <laughs> <I know. laughs> I are know. we going black black to black <laughs> no i love black raymond reddington blacklist listen I'm first of all let me tell everybody that i used to have a speech impediment <laughs> And that's really I tried weird. to start watching it, and then I got confused, so I stopped. Mm. But you might have to be really smart. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you. I did I mean, have to rewind I'm it doing a couple of puzzles times. while I'm doing watching my shows. Oh, yeah. So that's why I'm single. What are you watching, Caroline? The Handmaid's Tale. <gasps> ah! I somebody told me to put it on my I list. I literally started like. Two weeks ago, and I'm already finished with season two. That's because I don't really do anything on the weekends. I just watch Netflix. Oh, I know. And go to Blacksville occasionally, but mainly <laughs> it's Netflix. Mainly Netflix. Just occasionally. So it's like, I mean, it's intense. Tell me about your story. Um, Excuse me. How do your eyes feel right now? Uh, fine. Okay, mine are kind of starting to hurt because I'm about to talk about the Texas Eyeball Killer. Oh, <laughs> Eyeball Killer? The Texas And from Texas. I know nothing about killer. him. Lurk. And I'm a little disappointed. Well, I am too. If you were, like you said you always were going to research the things and you did not research this Eyeball Killer. Oh, so I'm well, upset. I probably lied. You're about to pop my eyeball cherry. Go. I cannot wait. Okay, so put on your protective eye gear or anything you need because 
we're going to talk about eyeball, eyeball killers. Okay. So, we're going to start with the first victim. Okay, we have December 13th, 1990. Is that your birthday? No. No. In February. But that is two people's birthday. I just realized that right now. Okay. Okay. But anyway. 19 when? 1990. Okay. Okay. Which, I mean, that wasn't amazing. that long ago. That was For basically us, the other day. That was like, yeah, yesterday. So in mm, Oak Cliff, Texas. Yes. Is he black? No. Ugh. I know. We need more. I know. I'm Come upset. on, black man. Step up your serial killer game. I know. I know. I know. We so, need to represent. 1990, Oak Cliff, which for those of you who don't know, that's near Dallas, Texas. Mary Pratt. She was 33, and she was called a large woman. Mind you, she weighed 156 pounds, which is about how much I weigh. <laughs> or, or I weigh more, I'm sure. So. Why was she called? Was she tall? I, I don't know. I didn't get her height. There's like large, mean? large white woman found. First of all, let's talk about she was a, I don't know. Prostitute, street worker, sex worker. So, anyways, we have Mary Pratt. She uh, was found lying in, in the middle of the street, nude, T-shirt and bra pushed up over her breasts, shot in the head, forty-four caliber bullet. I wish y'all could see Caroline's hand movements right now. She's basically reenacting it all. Yes, I just had... Yes, she's correct. The fact, okay, that she was shot and killed and left for dead in Dallas was not really that uh, much of an anomaly. But how she was positioned and posed was very abnormal, okay? She was like, her arms were splayed, her legs were splayed. I mean, she was just all over the place. The eyes were closed, and they, she you know, looked pe- like she, she looked just like sleeping. she had been shot, and that's how she died from a gunshot wound. So then they took her to get the autopsy, and then the, what do you call her? An autopsyist? Sure. The autopsist. Um, <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't have any eyeballs. I hope yeah, she said it. That's like probably that. exactly how she said it. And then she was like, oh, these eyes were moved, were with such precision. He must be a surgeon. Oh, shit. Yeah. But she didn't know. But yeah, so they were closed and then they were just perfectly removed and she was like, I've never seen this. She ain't got no eyeballs. Okay, that's victim number one. Mary Pratt. Mary Pratt. Then, so that was in December. Then in February, just a couple months later, we have our second victim. Okay. Oak Cliff. Same road, Pratt was found. Susan Peterson. Hey, Oak Cliff people, you better go find these murder places oh i thought about that i was like we should go drive around and just like stand Take on the street yeah i don't know yeah maybe there's I think blood we spots. need to post it on insta yeah i mean duh bye um we have susan peterson she's 27 years old white female sex worker she was also shot in the head but she was also shot in the chest and in the stomach and her body was also found Partially nude, bloody, shot multiple times, breast displayed, arms and legs. Uh oh, she didn't have on a bra. In a vulgar manner. Oh, legs. And legs and arms out. So they were both similarly, that's where I have my speaking bed posed. Similarly, similarly, similarly. Don't ask me at all. (laughs) 
Similarly plus. I can't say it. <laughs> um, so, yes, we have um, Susan Peterson. And once she was getting her autopsy, same situation. She had no disturbance to her eyelids. She had no uh, cuts or tears. And it looked like it was the performance of a surgeon. And the eyeballs were, once again, removed. So clearly they were like the 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 victims were being killed from the gunshots and after the fact he was then taking out their eyeballs. Okay. So, so post mortem. Yes. So he was in some places they were like oh he was just showing his arrogance because he was then taking the time to remove their eyes, almost like, what do we call them? Trophies. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, whenever people take a little, tro- well, whenever killers take trophies, it's so they can relive the event. Later on. Later on. I, are you going to tell us why the eyeballs, though? Are we going to get to that? Yes. Okay. So, the cops are now kind of like, mm, maybe we have some kind of a serial killer. I'm not sure. So... Then, that was in February, now we're in March, and we have Shirley Williams, 42-year-old. She's a part-time sex worker. Oh, and she's, she's a full-time the, job. That's a she, part-time. Yes, and she was, like, married, she had kids, she had family, but she, her family did not know about her part-time job. Oh. And she was African-American. So oh, I knew I, it. I know. When you said Shirley Williams, I was like, she black. How you know? I just knew. We know. We know these things. You sure did. You sure did. So <laughs> she was found similar area town. She was splayed. And this time they noticed her eyeballs were missing. And they were like, we got to How are they going to notice on her? Well, because she Oh, lied. they probably checked. <laughs> because how do you know? And this. Hey, but wait okay, a but wait. This no, this one. Yes. Actually, this one is different. Because first of all. Typically, you have the same MO. You go for the same people who look the same. Yes. Same hair. Same, you know, He's Ted Bundy. Same color lines. The real Ted Bundy. You know, he went for white girls, brunettes, yeah. with like a part down the middle or you all that have weird a stuff. Profile. Yeah. yeah. So this is like a little, you know, off. So also, they found out that this, uh, this one, she had put up a fight. Uh, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. She like, no, you ain't doing it. Mm. And she was beaten up in the face and she had cuts around her eyes and her face. But uh, she had one specific cut that was near her right eye, like kind of by her temple area. And what they had found was they did an x-ray and they found a small fragment of metal that they had went in and removed. And what was it? It was a piece of an exacto knife that was embedded in her skull. This to them meant this was no professional medical doctor because he didn't have scalpels and like professional tools. He was just using this exacto knife. Oh, hell, I was thinking only a medical person well, would have that. That's what they told me. Okay. That's what they had told okay. me. So the evidence shows that we're dealing with the amateur. Oh. I mean, He's obviously has a uh, knowledge of anatomy, but he has these exacto knives versus like using scalpels. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. You got the details of it? Oh, yeah. Got it. And he clearly had studied how to remove the eyes in a very, very uh, basic way. But needless to say, both of Shirley Williams' eyes were removed. All right. So let's go between all these murders. So after, let's say, the first or second murder, I think it's after the first one, this other sex worker comes into play. So we have the three murders, and then we're going to go back a little bit to Veronica Rodriguez. Okay? Oh, now there we got a Chicana. Oh, yeah. We got everybody, girl. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So she is a longtime sex worker, and she went to police. She a pro. She pretty much. But she's also kind of known to be like a liar. Oh. You know, because apparently the police become like good friends with these I wouldn't say good friends. Like, they are acquainted with them because they're, like, seeing them all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. guess they're, I guess, arresting. Like, do you get arrested? Probably multiple times. Or they get a lot of their information from the prostitutes off the streets. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's how it is on Law and & Order. And that's how Olivia and Elliot used to do. Well, I love that. <laughs> and I should start watching it. SBU, y'all. Y'all, so Rodriguez, she went to police and she was like, okay, Mary Pratt and I, we were doing a double trick out in the field. Okay. What? A double trick. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay, I got it. So I was like, oh, does that mean that they have like three? I don't know. I don't know a double trick. There's two people paying them. They're the tricks and there's two Johns paying them. Okay. I think. I knew you. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes, what it is. So she was saying to police that she was attacked and she was raped and she escaped and she ran to this house of a close by friend of hers and he rescued her. Well, okay, this friend, his name was Axton Schindler. Okay. What? Yeah. So she's saying, yeah, like Schindler's list. So she's saying that. She was, like, raped and attacked. She ran to this guy's house, Axton Schindler, and he saved her and rescued her. And, like, this other guy was trying to kill her and blah, blah, blah. Well, the friend, um, he, the the police actually was like, okay, we're going to question him. So they were like, okay, tell us about this Rodriguez. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I've never done anything. I've I've given her a ride somewhere, but I don't know anything about I mean, a killer, you yeah. know. And I mean, and I know 45 Rodriguez's, so which one are you talking about? It's all right, I can say that. Veronica. I'm Mexican, too. Okay. So nobody can get mad. You're right. And so apparently Rodriguez, like I said, she was known to be a liar, you know, lied to the police and kind of, so they would pity her and, you know, feel sorry for her and kind of leave her alone, leave her on the streets. I know. Shocker. But Schindler, this guy, was kind of a weirdo. He's a strange guy. He was a truck driver. He talked really fast. And, you know, he's probably like on speed or something. But he also, like, collected trash. And he had, like, three feet of trash in his rooms. And he had, like, a pieces of, like, part of a car in his, like, living hoarder. room. And he was just kind of, like, a weird guy. And they were like, maybe he's the killer. I mean... I mean, who collects trash? And your last name is Schindler. Like, that's mm. a little sus. We're going to put you on the list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little sus. That's a little sus. So, 
they decided to get his address. They're like, oh, let's just take your, you know, look, let us see your ID and here's your address. So that his address was 1030 El Dorado, which is important. I mean, I need to go there. All right. Oh, you probably won't go there. Okay. So 1030 El Dorado. Got it. So the police start researching this address and they're like, mm, this comes up with the name of Frederick Albright. And they're like, but he's dead. So that's weird. Okay. Just keep this all in mind. So Frederick Albright owned multiple properties. And one of them was near the sites where the bodies were found. So that's all they have so far. And then a couple of months pass. And they're like, okay, we don't have anything else. And then one of the deputies overhears a detective talking about this Schindler guy and Albright. And he remembers like, Oh, I had a call, you know, from a female a few weeks ago. And she said she was friends with Mary Pratt. Okay. Victim number one. So she, okay. So then she's like friends with Mary Pratt and through Mary Pratt, we had met a man who, the friend, who's unidentified friend, she's like, that she briefly dated. Okay. Okay. So the guy that she had briefly dated, she described as being very violent and fascinated with eyes and had lots of exacto knives in his house. And she gave the name to police of Charles Albright, which was Fred's son. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. okay so... Freddy. Schindler lived at this house, and the address was for Freddie. Came up for Fred, and then Charles is the daddy, yeah, the pappy, yeah, the pappy, yeah. So let's talk about Charles Albright. Okay, he was born in 1933 in Amarillo, Texas. I love all these Texas towns. I know. He was adopted from an orphanage by Dell and Fred Albright. All right. So Dell, which is the adopted mom, was a school teacher. She very strict. Oh. She overbearing. She very protective of Charles. And she made him study all the time. Reading, writing, math. He was so smart, though. So he could do it. But he was so smart, he was able to <laughs> skip two grades in elementary. Ooh. I mean, I wouldn't want to do that because I want to be elementary. It's the easiest part. Anyway. <laughs> yep. So is. her mothering could sometimes go to extremes. And when Charles was a child, are you what ready happened? for this? What happened? She would dress him up in girls' clothes, dresses, make him carry around a doll. Have you ever done that to... Oh, crap. <laughs> no. 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 I, she was, I should have with Trent's ass. She, I feel like she's not okay in the head. Just saying. I mean, she, I feel like if your name is Charles, like, you're not going to make it in life anyways. I mean, Manson. sorry, Chuck. And then she would also change his clothes multiple times a day to keep the dirt off of him. Oh. Yeah. Heaven forbid he gets dirty. And... Then she was also super afraid that he might touch dog feces and get polio. Is there, I mean, is there any fact behind that? 
Listen, I don't know how you get polio, but I don't think it's from donkey things. No. I haven't looked it up, but I don't think that's how you get it. Okay. Anyways, so Charles, that's Chucky. He, okay, so mom was super strict and, oh, it gets worse. So she would bring him to the hospital to look at the iron lung people, which I'd be pissed if I was one of those people like, listen, I didn't touch dog poop, so don't try to tell your kid that that's what I did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wouldn't you? I do like putting the fear in a kid. Though. Okay, but listen to this. And then she would. She backed when, it up by visuals. So, I mean, she. Okay, let let me. I'm, I'm curious like if you points. would do this next part. Okay, how many points do you give? Not for this one, but the next one. Okay, this one is uh, when she when he was like less than a year old. He would she would like put him in like dark rooms as a punishment for chewing on her tape measure. <laughs> I mean, okay. And so then she also would lecture him about the way that his father, Fred, treated treated her. Like, so Fred would, which, okay. Fred would, like, whenever she, whenever Fred, the dad, would see Dell, the mom, you know, in the bedroom, like, underwear and bra, you know, he'd try to grab her, and she was like, ah, I am not having this. I am not having this. Oh, to your husband? Yeah. I thought that was, I was like, oh, I'd be like, hey, hey, daddy, hey, daddy. She wasn't having it, and she wanted to make sure that Charles never did anything like that with any of his girlfriends. So when he would get older, she would chauffeur him around on every day, and she would call the girl's parents, and she'd be like, oh, I just want to let you know he's not going to do anything inappropriate. Okay. So she was real protective. I mean. She also had a hobby of taxidermy, which she, here we go. That's a, a normal hobby to have. Introduced it to Charles, and she worked on small animals and taught him how to use the tools. Charles's favorite part, though, was, can you guess, it was replacing the eyes. And Charles. There was a criminal mind about this. I think. I'm Go. sure there was. Charles loved going to the taxidermy store. And he would go and he would look at all the fake eyes, you know, from like the birds and the squirrels and shit and the deers and whatever else. I don't know. I've never been to a taxidermy store. So he was like, yeah, let's get these great eyes. But his mom was like, she was super frugal. And she was like, they're too expensive. We're not buying these eyes. So wait for it. What did they use to uh, replace the eyes instead of? Marbles. Nope. Um, chicletes. Chicles. Chicles. That's gum? Yeah. No. They uh. used black sewing buttons. <laughs> buttons? <laughs> Over their that eyeballs. Was be my next one. Like next this. Which I feel like I might need one to like sew this eye up. I'm not having eye issues. It's, I mean, it's because somebody's. Power patch. <laughs> you got a hole. I mean, no, you don't got a hole. You got voodoo. I know. It's because I've been talking about these eyeballs all day. Or I haven't, I've been thinking about him. So, okay, that's creepy as hell. He gonna have, like, like the Nightmare Before Christmas, like, you know, people's eyeballs, whatever, buttons, buttons. So, as a teenager, Charles, uh, he got his first gun as a teenager, and he would kill the small animals, but not in, like, a, like, disturbing way. He would kill them to do the taxidermy stuff, you know. Yeah, oh, he would, so, but he wouldn't eat them. He would no, just no. kill him? Yeah, he would There's just no kill him. There's no purpose just to make him. He, no, he was killing him because he was interested in 
being a taxidermist at this point. Okay. So then whenever he was 13, this is when he started getting like theft. Like he would, he would get into petty theft. He was arrested for aggravated assault, you know, whatever. I mean, come on. When he was 15, graduate, when he was 15, he graduated from high school. Oh, because he was was super smart. Super smart. Stay away from the smart boys. Yeah. Semi-smart, yes. But if they are starting, if they're graduating high school at 15, they're going to kill you. Go ahead. Pretty much. Life lesson. Yep. Life lesson number one. And we could have life lessons every time. I think so. Okay. At 15, graduated high school, and he enrolled in North Texas. University. Stone Cold Steve Austin went there. That's what's up. We should talk to him. Maybe he knew him. He expressed. What year? Tell me what year. Um, well, he was 15 and he was born in 1933. Do the math. Oh, that was a long time ago. 53? 50, 50, 48. Know, yeah. No, I'm Stone Cold one there then. Yeah. So he expressed an interest in training as a medical doctor and a surgeon. So he, at 16, so he got caught with stealing some petty cash and some guns, and he spent a year in jail. Then he was released from jail and was like, "Mm, I'm going to transfer to Arkansas State State Teachers College. Good, Another good college. And then he majored in pre-med studies. And Wait, if it's a teacher's college, why is it pre-med? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Go. So he became actually one of the most popular students at the school. He was like in French club and he they was in choir and are. he was in football team. He was just like, you know. We probably would have dated him. I'm probably. I probably. You I know. Him. You know I would You dated him already. I think I did. We probably <laughs> were married. Oops. That was somebody else. So he was also known as a prankster. This one time he even stole a physics test. Made copies, so he like went into the physics room, picked the lock of this locker, stole the test, and took it to make copies and returned it to where he stole it from. And the professor never found out when they took the test. He was yes, and everybody passed, yeah, and then nothing ever happened, yeah. Eventually. He was found out about stealing something else, and he was expelled from the college, you know, because that's just kind of what happens to, in his life. But, of course, he was not prosecuted. So, um, guess what? He didn't give two shits. So, he decided he would just, you know, make a uh, fake bachelor's and master's degree and just use that. He broke, actually had broken into the school office. So, whenever he was making this fake degree... He broke into the school office and used, like, the actual forms that they use and, like, the typewriter to make it look super real. I mean, he was a con man. He was pretty good. Good old Charlie. So we ended up, so this is in Arkansas. He ended up moving back to Dallas, all right? You know, so he got, he was like, oh, now I need to get a teaching teaching job because I have these, you know, certificates i have these degrees so i might as well get a job so he and and you know everybody loved him still like like they these people didn't find out any of the things he did so moved back to dallas he ended up marrying his college girlfriend they had a kid i mean all the things he got a teaching job at a local high school you know everything 
Um, so, um, no one really knew what all he had done. Yeah, because most of the time he would just get like probation and blah blah blah. So he was super. He was well liked. He would charm people, and I mean, he had the knowledge and he had apparently the looks. You know, so all the people looking. That's what they say. Apparently okay. he was. So then in 1965, he and his wife, okay, they separated because he had starting, he had started forging checks and then was caught stealing again. And then he was, you know, fired from his job at the high school because he had got caught stealing again. And he was sentenced to two years, but of course only served like six months. And... That was it. He ended up doing all these like odd jobs and he would help out friends. And I mean, he did all kinds of things. He would, he started to befriend his neighbors and get the trust of his neighbors. And eventually he was asked by some neighbors to babysit their children. I I mean, how old is this guy at this point? He's. 30 something 40 something and you're gonna ask this random old guy to like babies in your kids i don't no. know if that's really a good idea no. because guess what in 1981 just a few years after let's see he was married in 65 well his mom dies in 81 and trigger is that a stressor yes and okay. then so he went to go visit his neighbor friends Oh, and he just decided he was going to sexually molest their nine-year-old daughter. Okay. So he was, okay, he was prosecuted and he pled guilty, but I don't know how this works. He wanted to keep it quiet and somehow he just received probation. And then later he was like, I'm actually innocent. I just wanted to plead guilty to avoid the hassle. (laughs) I don't know how that works, but. You're stupid. Oh, my God. Then in 85, so 81, his mom died. In 85, um, good old Chucky married another one named Dixie. How is he going to marry all these people? Because he's a charmer, charmer and a con man. And he That's looks right. good. Yeah. And he's cute. Yep. Don't even. So don't he even. married Dixie. She's not part of the Dixie chicks. She's just oh, named Dixie. That would even be better. I know. I know. <clears throat> he invited. Oh, guess what? She was so lucky. He was like, hey, girl, come live with me. And she was like, okay. And then she started paying all his bills. <laughs> wow, that sounds familiar, too. <laughs> and then he was like, oh. Since I have all these odd jobs, I'm just going to start doing an early morning paper route. And you can work on that way. I can start visiting prostitutes Ooh. without you being suspicious. And Chucky, old Chuck, 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 married old Dixie. You know, because he just keeps marrying these people because they, you know, why do you, is there just intrigue? They're like, oh, this is a bad boy. I like him. Great. Okay. So. Yeah, so he invited her to live with him, and then, you know, she started paying all the bills. So that's his childhood. That's how, that's his teenage life. That's his college life, and we're going back to the murders. So in the early 1980s, all right, there was evidence that Albright was a friend of Mary Pratt, which was his first victim, and which was long before she became a prostitute. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And then, uh, she lived in South Dallas, a South Dallas neighborhood where Albright's parents had um, invested in some cheap rental property. 
And at the time, Albright was temporarily living in one of the rental homes, and he had a fling with one of Pratt's female friends, which, if you remember, it's the friend who that deputy had overheard the conversation. Um, Not Veronica. Yes. No, 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 not Veronica. It was the the friend who the deputy was like, oh, I remember, I heard. Yeah, Yeah, that, that, you know... One of my friends, like she had a double like, trick. And yes, 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 yes. Albright had brought the this woman over to Pratt's house, and they would like have have like I don't know, parties. So when Mary Pratt became a sex worker, uh, Charles became a customer, and Mary Pratt would tell her friends. Like, she would describe him, and she would say, like, old man Albright, like, he was a good trick because he was willing to pay a little more than the going rate, okay? Mm-hmm. So then Albright, he started making the rounds, you know, because he had this, I don't know if I said it yet, he, once his parents died, he inherited some properties and then some money. There we go. Yep, there we go. And so what he did was with some of the girls, he had a platonic relationship, so he would, you know... Pick him up, talk to him, take him to get a hamburger, you know, drop him back off, and never even attempt sex. But then some of the other girls, he had standing sexual appointments. Well, maybe he didn't take his little blue pill those nights. Well, that's a pretty good assumption. And, you know, he would have those standing appointments of uh, whenever old Dixie was at work. So, oh. Probably happened to me too. But uh, (laughs) so he began to become known to several of the sex workers and started becoming very violent towards some of them. And this is, yeah, like after his mom died. So he's, you know, kind of acting out, I guess. He would start like beating them with belts and cords and stuff to achieve orgasm. Oh, okay. So only he, way. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he would. Okay, he would yell at them. Like there was uh, one trick, Brenda White, who he would pick, who he picked up, and she. This is from her, Brenda. She said she was telling him to go in a certain direction, and he was driving the opposite direction. And she was like, "No, this is not where we're going." And she was trying to get out of the car, and he just started screaming at her, "I hate these hoes! I'm gonna kill all of you hoes!" <laughs> and she pulled off, her, and she just straight up maced him right in the eyes. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. She escaped, and she ran straight up out of there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he started yelling at her, so she gone. She gone. Yeah. So people started to notice uh, his weird obsession with eyes. You know, once he was in college, once he was in college, he did, he had a roommate um, that he, so the roommate had pictures up on his wall or whatever, and he, Charles, would, you know, he was a prankster. So he took some of the pictures and he, cut out the eyes on the pictures and he put like some in the shower he like taped them on the ceiling and like weird things like that but they just thought it was funny because they thought it was a prank yeah but they're kind of putting it all together mm-hmm. now it makes sense that ain't that makes not good it's a little weird i i mean i'm staring at like a bunch of eyeballs <laughs> right now and i can hardly concentrate well 
Okay, that's the kind of the background about how he got into sex work. And then let's let's backtrack a little bit to this Axton Schindler guy. Remember the guy who yeah. was the trash collector and all this stuff? So he his address on his license was this El Dorado Street. Okay, but that's not where he lived. That was just the address of a rental property. He just used it as a fake address because he mm-hmm. was weird. He was, like, nervous and, like, real just mm. – there was it, – it's weird because he just he just happened to live at this rental property okay. that was owned by the Albrights. And just – he just happened to have, you know, he just was at, there at the right time, at the right right place at the right time to, like, save this Veronica girl and and – he just picked up the victim and he just he just happened to be there and he but he had no connection to it. So that was just a very weird scenario, but they never they nobody had ever seen him like none of the other sex workers and he just had happened to help that one girl when she was in need. So they tried to pin it on him but they couldn't get anything. Uh, they couldn't get anything from okay. him because nobody knew who he was. Okay. So good job, Axton. Good job. And now we have fast-forwarded to March of 1991. Okay. He, Charles Albright, is arrested and charged with three counts of murder. Mm-hmm. Mm. The trial started in December. So that was in March. The trial was in December. And the evidence was mostly circumstantial. Um, so they didn't really have much to tie him to the crime, but then they finally found something to tie him to the victims. The hairs, um, so Shirley Williams. The black girl. Yeah, girl, she's the one. She did it. She, the hairs that matched her were found in Albright's vacuum cleaner. Of all places. And then pubic hairs were found on a blanket that was near Williams' body that was found at the murder site. I mean... And she had a yellow raincoat on that night, and they had found hairs on the yellow raincoat. Oh, man. So the jury ended up uh, finding him guilty, but just of the one murder, um, because that's all the evidence that they had to really go on. So they found him guilty. And, you know, if you were found guilty for murdering somebody, you would think maybe you would spend a little bit of time in jail. But he was sentenced to five years to life. He's currently still in there, and he maintains his innocence. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure. So only for one murder, and how many were there total? Three. What? Yes. But um, do you want to know if the eyeballs were ever found? Because they weren't. Where are they, Carol? I don't know. We have to go find them. Dude. No eyeballs. Nobody even said, like, were they think do you think he ate them what if there's like a storage unit no on the criminal minds episode he put the eyeballs in his taxidermy animals because the same he had the same obsession so in the animals that he would just have randomly taxidermied instead of their fake eyeballs would be the victim's eyeballs so I think that's they probably what check. they did. I mean, do, do you they think not they... watch TV? <laughs> Clearly not. Do they just go based on evidence? <laughs> I mean, where's your hunches? First of all, who 
Can we go back to the vacuum cleaner? And who has to search through the vacuum cleaner to find hair? <laughs> like, is that a punishment? I mean, that would be a good investigation. A good investigator and a good cop will search all those things. Okay, but let me tell you. Are you punished when you have to, like, okay, you're the one to go search through the vacuum cleaner trash and dig and figure out which hair is one? I mean, I need to ask. No. I need to ask one of It's really the person who does all the crime scene. Like, the cop is just going to put it in a damn bag and label it and then send it to the lab, right? It's the lab people that have to go through that. And it makes their mouth water. So it's (gasps) basically a reward to them. They love it. Yes. It's a good cop that's going to look at the vacuum cleaner and be like, dump out the contents. It's the bad cops that are like, Okay, if somebody went through my vacuum cleaner, first of all, I have a Dyson, so it's emptied all the time. Okay. Because it lasts three seconds. (laughs) And all it is is Jack's hair, which is my dog's hair, which is a lot, and mine, which is also a A lot. lot. So... I guess it would be kind of obvious if it was somebody else's hair in there because it's just his and mine. But Are there that's... any pubic hair in yours? No. no. I don't vacuum up my pubic hairs. I... They're actually you not... You just started there. growing some the other day, obviously. I just started right puberty there. like three days ago. <laughs> Story of my life. Eyeball killer. I, I have never heard of him. Eyeball killer. The eyes of Texas. So, where did you get this information from? Like, was this a oh, book? Yeah, did you no, I don't actually read many books because that would take way too long. But I always try. Um, I got it from, I watched the Oxygen episode, Mark of the Killer. Oh. Yes. And then Wikipedia. Okay. And then there was this ginormous article from Texas Monthly. Ooh. That's where most of it came from. Y'all, if even Texas if you don't live in Texas, monthly. you need to subscribe to Texas Monthly. Because all the details. All of it. Yeah, there's the uh, Texas Eyeball Killer. I was really excited about it. Thank you for that. I will now put on my contacts very differently. I will now go figure out why I have one lazy eye. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to wink, but... <laughs> So tune in next week because it's my turn. I'm got the strap on next week, Caroline. Yeah. You're just gonna be, be I'm gonna be deep, the giver. Deep. You're gonna be the taker. You're well I'm excited <laughs> and you're welcome and all, all the, the same thanks. Time. Oh yeah. You can find us on uh well we have a Facebook page, which is uh Bloody Happy Hour Podcast. That's it. We have a Instagram, which is Bloody Happy Hour. We have a Twitter, which is at Bloody Happy Hour. Find and, us. And listen, we want you to send us your crazy stories. So you should email us at Bloody Happy Hour at gmail.com. So all those things, do everything that we said. And if you don't, and we won't like you anymore, but you can still like us. But more importantly, Go rate us. Oh, yeah. And five stars only. Yeah. If you don't have five stars, tell us why and we'll fix it first. In the email, but not on the radio. Yeah. So tell us why and then we'll fix it. And then um, that's we'll love you after that. Yeah. Five stars. See y'all.
This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Podcast.